Nina Mani, Mani Naputni. Are you good? It's good you're here. My name is Fiona Partridge from Christian Education National, and I'm joining today for a bit of a yarn from the traditional lands of the Ghana people, also known as Adelaide, South Australia. Mani I. Welcome to another two days in God's story. It's morning for Fiona and evening for the guys here in Canada. Yes, it's our first ever international episode of the Every Square Centimeter podcast, a project of Christian Schools Canada. That's right. Every Square Centimeter is going global today, and we are trembling with adventure as we jump on a plane to Australia celebrating and finding international inspiration in the people, places, and practices in Christian education. In our last stop on our virtual tour of Canada, we spent time at Surrey Christian School in Surrey, BC with Janice McDonald as we learned that sometimes the pain of our own schooling experience becomes the catalyst for God's redemptive work in our own lives. That the word wholeness is missional at Surrey Christian School in their desire to become more fully alive in God's story. That Surrey is soon expected to be the largest city in BC, surpassing Vancouver. That Janice may soon be playing the breath-holding game Kabaddi in her phys ed class. That TFT storyboards share visually the learning journey of the class. And that Thomas Merton and the Enneagram help Janice invite her Vocation 12 students to see themselves as image reflectors. It was definitely our pleasure hosting Janice. So go listen and tell other educators to check it out. But today, we're in Adelaide, Australia. And today being in Australia means we can call ourselves a wisdom. Ooh. That's right. Fiona, Adelaidean wisdom? Does that sound right? Almost right. We tend to slur all our syllables together. So it's an Adelaide, Adelaide wisdom, Adelaidean wisdom. Yep. Got it. Nice. We're going to speed it up, guys. Adelaidean wisdom. Ooh. So to get to know our Adelaidean wisdom, we're going to start our podcast with the name segment. My name is Justin Cook from Advance. Alongside me from the Society of Christian Schools in British Columbia, or SCSBC, is Mr. Give Me a Ticket to Ride, Darren Speaksma. Hey, Wisdom. Hey, Darren. Darren, if you could complete any type of marathon, what would it be? This was a challenging prompt, Justin, um, mostly because I like sedentary. Um, so I think I'm going with, it would be hard for me to choose between a sitting marathon or a wings eating marathon. Wow. So those are the ones I'm, but I think I'm going to go with a sitting marathon, preferably on the river with a fishing rod, you know, that sort of thing, Mm. that sort of sitting marathon. And, and the occasional delivery of wings. Oh, now we're really talking. Yes. Skip the dishes. Uh, Sitting on the river, fishing with skip the dishes, wing delivery marathon. So how long does that marathon take to complete, Darren? Just out of curiosity. Well, I figure 27, is it 27 miles a marathon? Isn't that what a marathon is? 
26. So, 26. So I'm thinking, is that 26 days? 26. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. that's a good question. Good question. That's a lot of fishing and wins. Oh, wow. man. Nice. Impressive. All right. And from the Prairie Center for Christian Education, or PCCE, is a guy who actually let me take the lead host role for our international episode today, Jeremy Horlings. Ah, uh, Benua. Ba-boom. <laughs> Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Darren nailed it. Yeah. I, I didn't know cut, that was the break. I cut it off. You guys were, it was too complicated how, the last one. Apparently simple is too complicated as well. Uh, you I'm just kind of kept it, it hanging up there. Nice. Okay. Uh, that's good. <laughs> All right, Lion King. If you could complete any type of marathon, what would it be? Yeah. So, uh, I, similar to Darren, I, I, I don't think I've ever run farther than maybe five kilometers at one time, like without stopping. And that, that would have, have been pretty impressive for myself. I would have felt pretty good about that. So I generally don't love any of the marathon type things, any of the triathlon events. I'm not a good swimmer, uh, biking. You've heard my bike stories. Uh, only bike when I'm angry and <laughs> my running, is is not impressive either so i would probably say something that involved i don't mind moving if there's a ball involved so a, a golf ball i would do a i would do a golf marathon i would golf you know however many holes you can golf in a day or a weekend you i would give me i'll donate fundraiser whatever it is i will do a golf marathon okay uh jeremy golf cart or no golf cart on your golf marathon yeah if it's a marathon and i you know people are if this is a fundraiser we're looking for here i'll say no cart um i generally grew up no cart uh now a lot of these courses now have carts because they're longer i guess but uh, no no cart let's stick with no cart um and throw in the wings i wouldn't mind the skip the dishes <laughs> as well so uh, what i'm thinking Choose a golf course close to a river somewhere that's got fish yeah. in it. And every time you count, I'll count how many rounds you're doing yeah. Yeah. and provide you some wings. That sounds good. Impressive marathoning, guys. Impressive. Would you we're say, really doing would, Canada proud today. Would you say those were, <laughs> would those be ultra marathons that we're doing then? <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Uh, well, today we're joined also by our first international guest on the podcast, Fiona Partridge from Christian Education National in Adelaide, Australia. Adelaide? Was I, was I quick enough on that one? Close. Adelaide. Getting there. I'm getting there. Hey, Fiona. Hey, Justin. Oh, g'day, Justin. So, so good Justin, to have you. yeah, you talk about marathons. Um, what about you? If you could complete any type of marathon, uh, what would it be? Yeah, well, thanks for asking. I, I'm not doing Canada any more pride on this one because mm. I'm going movie marathon. <laughs> yeah, it sounded uh, a lot which, judgy when we were going. It's not even outside. So, yeah, I, I'm halfway through book three, Return of the King, with my son. So I'm going Lord of the Rings, Levi mm. and I. We've, we've mm. been working pretty hard to get to the movies, okay. but uh, the books are awesome. Aragorn has just returned, and he is the – he's uh, – healing he's healing yoan and others and uh so we're, we're at a pretty awesome part of the novel so thanks for asking fiona how yeah, about you cool. uh well yeah i do i actually do like real marathons in forests and things like that trail running nice. marathons but um thinking about it if it's mer metaphorical or or just 
relaxing. I reckon on a river houseboat in on the Murray River, uh-huh. just cruising mm-hmm. without interruption for a little while would be a great marathon. Just sitting on the deck of a of a houseboat. Sounds mm, good. Sounds amazing. Oh, sounds mm. amazing. We're coming. We'll be there. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll bring the winks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. Nice. Fiona, Fiona, you've actually done some marathons or ultra marathons then? Yeah. Well, as I said, I don't I run more like a wombat probably than a, than a new <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, trail running is something I really do enjoy. It's, it's, you can't answer your phone. Well, you can, but you shouldn't answer your phone. And often if you're out of range, you can't get your phone calls. You can't check your email. So you just go ultra trail running out in the outback or in the forest or just a little trail. There, there's plenty not far from my home. So um, that's good fun to do that. Yep. I love it. So how, so how long would be the longest marathon you've been part of? Mm, I've done done about five of the clusters ultras, but so the longest I did was one just in the Adelaide Hills here that was 57K. I've done that one twice now, and wow. this year I hope to do faster. Yep. <laughs> do, any, wow. do, any of, do any of them have wing stations along the way for the odd chicken wing? Uh, well, close. In fact, the one that one I was just talking about has ten stations, ten like drink stations, <laughs> and five of them have great food like peanut butter um, brownies. And mm, I just think okay. of them as ten, you know, five picnics with ten k breaks in between. You know? That's good. <laughs> Easy. That's a way better way to think about it. Yeah, that's oh, good. That's good. Yep. All right. Well, we'll get we'll get inspired over here. That that's great. Thanks, Fiona. For the second half of our opening square, we have our guest or our host choose from a variety of segments that all rhyme with AIM. And today, Fiona has chosen the segment. Drum roll, Fiona. Mm, here we go. Oh, game! <laughs> yes! Game it is! Game. <laughs> Today, Fiona is going to help us play a game we call Say What? Say What? Say What? Fiona has selected some particularly challenging Aussie idioms, guys. And that means you and I are going to try and interpret them into Canadian. I got to stop you. What's an idiom? Yeah, uh, I, an idiom's I, like a saying, a, 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 a local phrase. Darren and I can't even interpret Canadian language, uh, never mind <laughs> Australian. <laughs> so are we talking like it rains cats and dogs? Yeah, that's exactly, yeah. A, a, that's Thanks. a perfect example of an idiom. Not yeah. a literal meaning, yep. Yeah. So nice. glad that you asked, Darren. Fiona, I'm feeling good about my chances at this point. <laughs> okay, Fiona, the first Aussie idiom for say what? Mm, well, I did have a think. We've got lots of idioms, um, but I thought of some that were relevant to schools. Um, so, you know, if, if a teacher is using the uh, photocopier too much, I could say fair suck of the sauce bottle. <laughs> well, can, you, can you say that again? <laughs> I've got to interpret this too, don't I? Fair suck of the sauce bottle, mate. I could say. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yes, I'm with you. Oh, really? Okay, okay Darren. Yeah. Darren, go ahead. Interpret that. 
I think the interpretation is like share the toner on the photocopier. Okay. That's what I'm going with. Okay. okay. Mm, not bad. I, I'm gonna say um, get out like get out of my way. Like like elbows up, get out of my way. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm gonna go with quit breaking copyright rules. <laughs> uh, well, they could all pass, but um, <laughs> definitely, I think Jeremy was closest because it is, you know, yes. give other people a go. And yeah, Darren, you were close, but you were a bit too literal with actually sucking the toner, you know, like yeah, too, just, too specific, <laughs> right? Yeah. Too specific. Um, yeah. yeah, just give others a go, would you, mate? You know, fair suck of the sauce Love bottle. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> this great. This gives. This is an awesome game. <laughs> All right, one fair, nothing for Jeremy. Fair suck of the source bottle. Is that what? Yep. Fair suck wow. of the source bottle, mate. So our job, next campfire episode, we got to work that in. Oh, yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. Okay, Fiona, Aussie idiom number two. Okay, well, this is kind of an idiom. It's definitely a saying. Um, after lunch, especially when I was at primary school myself as a student, we would always do an emu bob um, before we went back to class, and often our teacher would direct us in doing an emu bob. Any idea what an, an emu bob would be? Okay, I, I'm going to say a head count. Mm. Mm. Head count. Darren? I'm thinking, looking around to see if we've left any of our stuff around. You know how emus mm. do, you know, sort of uh, hmm, mm. looking oh, around. Look maybe around. that's that's okay. what I'm going with, but maybe I'm uh, being too literal again. Okay, well, that's good. It's got to be connected somehow, so I like that. I'm going to say, what grade was this, Fiona? Uh, I remember doing it in about grade five and six for sure. Grade five and six. It's like, uh, pull your head out of the sand and get going. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that ostriches? (laughs) Yeah, they're like like emus. Same same kind of thing. Same thing, yeah. Um, Well, just. I, I got to give this one to Darren. He's probably the closest. Yes. Because, mm. <laughs> yeah. And Emu Bob point. is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I'll take> it. <laughs> it is definitely, um, after lunch, it would definitely be a teacher would say, and we sometimes still do this, you know, go and pick up all your rubbish. You know, there's lots of oh, rubbish okay. being left in the, in the schoolyard. Pick up your rubbish um, and let's just all do an Emu Bob and then we're going to go back to class. An yep. emu bob. Okay. We're and so, going like, to do an emu bob. So, can That's you, amazing. yeah, could you like <laughs> explain to me, wh- like, why the reference oh. to the emu is? Oh, well, emus would pick up anything just about, you know, oh, like if you go okay. camping and there's emus by, you know, they'll, they'll pick up little bits of rubbish that are around the place, especially anything shiny, you know, like a sweet wrapper, a lolly wrapper, we would say, um, candy wrapper. A lolly wrapper. Yeah. <laughs> candy wire wrapper. So, um, the- yeah. Emu Bob, pick it up, pick it okay, up. Okay, nice. It's like it, it's the uh, the comparable to the fox in PEI, guys. Uh, mm. True. Mm-hmm. Yes. We nice. also we have a through line called earthkeeping, but I think we should now change it to emu bobbing. Yeah. Emu bobbing. Totally. Mm-hmm. Way be better. Good, be an emu bobber. Bobber. Yeah. Nice. Okay, Fiona. Next okay. Aussie idiom. I could I could do so many more, but what about if I've got a classroom that kind of is a few roos loose in the top paddock. Whoa. Say that one again. A few. I want the context. <laughs> no, 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 oh, no, well, no, no, context. Yeah. no, 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 no
it could be a bit derogatory, so, you know, we probably try not to say it too much now, but a few roos, as in kangaroos, Mm -hmm. loose, loose, as in wandering Mm -hmm. in the top Mm -hmm. paddock. So I've got a few roos loose in the top paddock, or he's got a few roos loose in the top paddock. I want to go first because I once got a a letter from a parent complaining because I may have in an eighth grade classroom said that was smart like dump truck. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm imagining this to be something similar, not the sharpest pencil in the box, that sort of thing. So that's what I'm going with. Okay. Nice. little critical, uh, 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 towards the students there. Right? Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with, um, yeah, just like corralling all the kids. They're like, they took off their a wall. There's a bunch mm-hmm. loose in the upper paddock. <laughs> Got to get them back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking this is similar to our, you have, you have a few screws loose. Like, like, like you're just, it's not all there. The per, you know, the person's a little bit, uh, a few screws loose. Not you know. Mm. That's so that's all, how I I compared to our pretty idea. close. Yeah. Yep. Almost. Well, that that one we've got one that says you're a brick short of a barbecue. You know, <laughs> like a brick a bricks barbecue um, or a, sos- a snag short of a barbecue as well. But um, no, yeah, I uh, probably. Uh, it hurts me to it, say. Well, it could. Darren, it's fine. Just say Jeremy. <laughs> Darren oh. might be closest. I think. Oh, <laughs> um, oh no, just Darren, for the record, gentlemen, between Jeremy I know and Darren. I interrupted. <laughs> I yeah. jumped in there to to get the first shot. Yeah. So it's I'll share Darren. my point with you. Literally, I'll take half. You guys can each have a quarter. Okay. Yeah, Literally, sure. that it, is it, on record. Look, you, <laughs> kangaroos uh it's not it actually isn't so much intellectually it's it's just um a bit bit kangaroos can't be herded you know so they, they, oh, it's a bit scatty. um so yeah you've got things that are a bit uh, a bit wobbly a bit out of control um a bit all over the place in your classroom or yeah love it there you go okay well You're darren keeps the d- Darren keeps the dynasty alive in the game department and comes out with yet another victory. Listeners, <clears throat> listeners, send us your favorite international idiom and we'll be sure to highlight it in a future episode. Connect with us on Twitter or Instagram at every square centimeter. Sorry, every square CM. Fiona, thanks for uh, giving us uh, the goods there on the game. That was awesome. That was the inaugural Say What? Say what? Glad to have you play it with us. We're going to transition from our opening square to the part of our podcast where we learn a little bit about places like Australia and celebrate the people and practices in Christian education. But before we do, here's a word from our favorite and our only sponsor, Edudeo. Hello, I'm Leonard DeVisser, and I teach at Providence Reformed Collegiate in Kamoka, Ontario. For the past two years, I've invited Edudeo to facilitate a workshop on poverty for my grade 11 English class as we study the novel Cry the Beloved Country. As the characters in the novel wrestle with how to restore brokenness between individuals, between communities, between people and the land, and ultimately people and their God, our class wrestles with the question, what does reconciliation look like in our community? The presentation by Edudeo beautifully frames our unit, helping us understand the novel, but more importantly also, ourselves. 
This workshop has been instrumental in inviting my students to see their role in the kingdom story and to respond faithfully. If you're interested in inviting Edgerday into your classroom to speak about poverty or a variety of other topics, contact Lori Koning by emailing schools at edudeo.com. As we heard at the start, Fiona works for Christian Education National out of Adelaide, Australia. Darren, tell us a bit about where we're going today. Well, it's exciting for me to do this as I had the great privilege of being hosted by Fiona and CEN at their International Teacher Education Conference, where my commitment to put my feet in as many oceans mm-hmm. of the world as possible sent Fiona and myself <laughs> to the coast for a beautiful but surprisingly cold step into the ocean. But less about me, more about the hills of it South Australia. <laughs> yes. I just, you know, in my, in my ignorant mind, assumed it would be warm because it's Australia. But um, yes, I was wearing a toque, I believe, that day, even in in the pictures. But uh, yes, Fiona lives on the traditional uh, country of the Kwarna people. The Adelaide City website does an excellent job of highlighting the connection to the First Peoples and suggests these guidelines for an acknowledgement of country. We recognize Kwarna as the traditional owner and custodians of the Adelaide Plains. We recognize the significance for Kwarna people of their cultural and spiritual relationship with the land, sea, waterways, and sky, cultural heritage, and beliefs. We have built a beautiful city, but recognize that the process of settlement resulted in the dispossession and dislocation of the people. We seek opportunities to work with the Karna people on how we continue to recognize them in our words, actions, and placemaking. The traditional name for this area, and I'm going to do my best here, is Tartanyanga, which means red kangaroo dreaming, and the local river, known by settlers as River Torrens, is known in Karna as Karawira Peri, reflecting the traditional name for the red gum forest. South Australia is known as the home to Kangaroo Island, a wildlife haven, and is also known for its excellent wine. And it's not every day that as a tourist or a local, you have the opportunity to swim with three separate species of ocean predators, any guesses which three ocean predators you can swim with in South Australia? Well, well do you shark. want to swim with them? It's shark, I'm going first. Mm-hmm, that's one of them. The great white. Great white. Okay. Port Lincoln. Yes. Yep. Uh, I would say a, a jellyfish of some sort. I hear there's some crazy, like, deadly jellyfish there, but no. Uh, okay. not, not too bad in South Australia for that. Yep. Okay. Mm. Any uh, other guesses? No? Well... Baird Bay, you can you can swim with the wild sea lions. Oh, and though most people don't really consider this a scary carnivore in Glenelg, you can swim with dolphins. So those are all you know within uh, traveling distance. So there's a little bit about Adelaide area and the state of South Australia. It is beautiful country. Having had a chance to visit in 2019, I am always looking for my next opportunity to visit that region of Australia. Darren, just a quick uh, geography question. Um, really? Really? Which, which ocean would, would I be putting my feet in? Uh, I am going with, is there an Antarctic Ocean? That's a really good question. I'm going with the Pacific Ocean. I'm not even sure the answer, but I was just trying to take you off your uh, game. South Pacific? I'm going with South Pacific. (laughs) Okay, thanks, guys. We're actually here to interview Fiona, so uh, appreciate the little banter there. Darren, thank you so much for the the Adelaide, South Australia info. 
Fiona, how did you end up in Adelaide? Yeah, well, as Darren said, it's a pretty beautiful area. Um, and South Australia is is really quite unique in that there's some coastline, but lots and lots of um, outback. And actually, I was born in South Australia, but not in Adelaide. I was actually my my dad worked for a hardware chain, and he went for the to the country, rural area for a little while as a manager of a hardware store. And I was born when they were in a place called Wyala. And that's about four hours drive from here, but still in South Australia. Um, so when I was about six, we moved back to Adelaide and um, been here ever since. People in Adelaide don't often move too far away. <laughs> um, my parents were born here. My grandparents were born here. My great-grandparents were just about all born here. Um, so, yeah, I've been in Adelaide ever since, really. Fiona, I'm curious if you can maybe tell us a little bit about CEN. Um, and whenever we use acronyms, we, we take a guess at what they are. But I don't know if we've already said today. I think you've, Justin, already said what CEN mm-hmm. stands for. So tell us a little mm-hmm. bit more about CEN. Yeah, so Christian Education National. Um, it's been called that for probably about uh, 10 or 12 years, I should probably know. But it was known as Christian Parent Controlled Schools, so CPCS schools in Australia. So I think very similar to your schools, um, it has a pretty strong Dutch Reformed heritage with that real Kuyperian all of life is thinking and that's why the schools were established here with with Dutch um, migrants to Australia. Not so many in South Australia. It's a big Barossa German area in South Australia. Um, So there's lots of Lutheran schools here, less CEN schools. But actually I... I, um, Went to university, teachers' college, doing my education degree, and I knew there was this cute little Christian school not far away from me. And I met someone who was um, involved in establishing the school, actually. Um, and she said to me, "You know, put in your CV at this school." And I ended up at Torrens Valley Christian School, that's in Adelaide, the main or well, the biggest um, parent-controlled Christian school here in South Australia. There's a, there's four other, well, there's three other schools, but they're in the country. Um, a country region. So I've taught there ever since uh, 33 years ago I got my job. So there you go. Mm. Awesome. Um, Before we get uh, deeper into learning in schools, what's your favorite thing about the area you live? It it is lovely that we've got beautiful hills around us, Adelaide Plains, the Ghana land. It's, It's Ghana is a g sort of sound, the k sound, it becomes a g sound. So Ghana land um, is surrounded by hills, so it's beautiful. But then there's the beaches not far away. And, yeah, Darren, from the city, we drove, what, half an hour or so to take you to the main suburban Mm -hmm. beach. But then you can go a bit more south to surf beaches. And, yeah, there are a few great white sharks down there, but, you know, that's a bit of fun. Um, But the Barossa Valley from where I live (laughs) is only sort of a half an hour or so. So we've got... um, Rolling Hills, um, South Australia is known as the driest state in the driest continent in the world. We are a continent, Australia, big island, but a continent, <laughs> and um, it's a good it's a good place. But yeah, it doesn't it gets cold, but snow only rarely. Um, unlike you guys, it's a good place. I appreciate you bringing up uh, that's Australia's continent. Anytime we can learn some geography, that's helpful. Can you tell us maybe something quirky about? your school that uh that you're part of 
So the school I was at, um, Torrens Valley Christian School, is a has that Dutch heritage. It was so this started in 1980 with 14 uh, children, 14 students, and um, has grown ever since. Now it's got about 600 students there, but it was known for a long time as the the school with uh, wooden wooden log cabin buildings uh, for a long time until we got some nice government grant money to build some new buildings but um, you know it was those faithful Dutch parents that actually built hand built the classrooms in 1980 um, and it's actually really it's really nice that you can still see elements of that but uh, you know it's certainly a lot flasher these days it's got a lot a, a quite a nice campus there these days. Fiona what would your classroom look like if you had no budget constraints at all? Well, for me, if I had no budget constraints, my classroom would be a really big, beautiful, renovated and probably air-conditioned oversized barn, (laughs) a great (laughs) barn uh, with some glass, you know, like some extra thick glass panel windows um, that overlooked rolling hillsides and bushlands and forest and the tables that the kids worked at would be great big slabs of beautiful gum tree or something like that Um, and they'd have outdoor learning spaces with a with lots of amazing places they could just roam and wander um, and just learn from the outdoors as well as sort of being indoors at the same time actually for a couple of years we used to take students up to a um, sheep station and that was amazing it was what we call out the back of whoop whoop which is you know a long way away um, it was about eight hours drive <laughs> from here even a bit more than eight hours maybe, to a sheep station that was huge. And we used to take the kids up there. And the learning that we did, um, like for physics even, um, thinking about the fencing, you know, I know you've probably all seen that rabbit-proof fence. We worked on the dog fence, the dog fence, the dingo Mm -hmm. fence in Mm -hmm. South Australia, Mm -hmm. and just the physics the kids learnt about with that. And then everything that we did Mm -hmm. was just amazing, you know. Those those kids had made memories of a lifetime and yet they learnt it as they went so Hmm. if I could it would be an outdoor classroom on a farm on a property but with air conditioning (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) sounds amazing I well like Darren I've had the the pleasure of touring a number of Christian schools in Australia and that is one thing that did strike me your ideal classroom exists in many so many schools that the flow of learning from inside and outside Mm -hmm. the way the way that Australian campuses use the outdoors I was so blown away, Fiona, about how beautiful the learning could be with that kind of unique space that uh, so many schools um, did an amazing job of. So yeah. I yeah. think it, I think it exists. Yeah, there there are certainly um, a lot of schools that are making outdoor shelter areas that are, you know, for classroom space basically, which is great, awesome. Mm. Fiona, in in every episode, we like to kind of take our conversation to a space that allows the person to talk about something they're passionate about. Um, I'm curious, what story are you passionate about right now? What story are you trying to invite students into? Well, you know, I was I was so blessed coming to a, a, a school with a reformed heritage because that idea of all of life is worship was really hit me when I started working at the school. Um, I was brought up much more dualistically with my Christian life, I suppose, that there were church things and then there were secular things. So this idea that all of life is worship and that we're studying God's world um, you know continues to be a passion that I love with my with my teaching in fact 
you know, the, the school talks about me saying that all the time, drumming on about that all the time. And senior school students made me a wooden sign that says all of life is worship. They were ma- messing around with a new laser cutter. And it now hangs, that sign hangs out in our home. It's just inside our hallway above our front door so that, you know, when we leave the house, it's a good reminder. My dad used to say things like, remember who you are and who you represent when you were leaving the home. <laughs> and for us, it's a good reminder that we go out, even on a bike ride, even to the footy club. Um, yes, of course, going to church to worship him formally as a community. But whatever we do in our study, in our work, thinking about our maths, our science, our music making, it's, it's all worship. And I, I think recently I've started emphasising it's worship of something. Um, you know, it, it's worship of God if we uh, remember that he created all things and he sustains all things. Mm. It can be worship of ourselves. It can be worship of our own pleasure, of Western culture mm-hmm. if we're not careful. So mm. we do we do have to make that distinction. I can't just say uh, I'm not going to church this week. I'm going to go on my bike because that's worshipping God. It can be, but, you know, we really need to um, remember that it's God who created all things. And so all of life can be worshipped mm. that way. Yep. Well, we're we're in Adelaidean wisdom <laughs> today. And because of that, we're renaming the podcast with your more wise name than ours. All of life is worship <laughs> is uh, instead of every square centimeter. I mean, it's it's the same it idea. Yours just sounds a lot more wise than ours does. So I'm sure I stole appreciate it from that. someone else. But anyway, it's <laughs> <laughs> good. Fiona, you you started to talk about the fact that we can worship idols in addition to you know God's kingdom uh, and God in His kingdom. What you're you're hinting at some competing stories there. Can you say more about that? Yeah, I think um, it's a bit of a trap at the moment that our even parents compare schools by buildings and technology. And you know, technology has been a blessing over the last couple of years of lots of. Um, learning at home and COVID and all of that, you, you know that. But buildings um, don't necessarily make a school a Christian school, do they? Um, and I think mm-hmm. we can advertise our programs and our marketing in a very Western way if we're not careful um, about why we want to have good learning spaces, why we want to have beautiful buildings. Um, we want to acknowledge that God's the Lord of architecture and beautiful spaces and beautiful places to work that invite community invite beautiful artwork um that's wonderful that's beautiful but that alone doesn't make it a christian school does it um and there are lots of lots of secular Mm. our government schools around here that have amazing buildings as well and so it's not just about the amazing buildings so i think yeah being careful with our marketing um and here in australia we have school uniforms um so you know sometimes that private school look um not actually not all our christian schools have school uniforms i must say that there's a few that distinctively choose not to have uniforms but sometimes we we sort of compare the shirt and tie with academic excellence Mm -hmm. and you know that that's something i i always push a a bit against (laughs) and always have because a shirt and tie you know even even saying to the kids oh you look really smart today in your uniform you realize that you've just said to them just Mm -hmm. because they've got a shirt and tie on they're they're into they're intelligent and you know, they don't go to university and wear uniforms. That's really a bizarre thing. It's a business model that we've taken on, private school model, I suppose. Um, mm. So, yeah, a couple of competing stories there for sure. Oh, that's great. And I find myself convicted because 
frankly, when my kids are all dressed up, I love it. Um, <laughs> but I totally get uh, get your message as well. Um, yeah, you're you're talking about all of life being worship, and obviously that impacts you personally. Can you talk about how your faith impacts your practice? Yeah, well, if you see all of life as gods, and you see your, your children, your students that you work with as gods, and community members um, as gods, then it changes the way you value them, the way you speak to them, the way you relate to them, doesn't it? Um, and and actually, I, I grew up more thinking we were evil sinners, you give your heart to Jesus. That's kind of the way I was brought up. And this idea of no, we're image bearers and we're under God's covenant mm-hmm. was actually a, a really different thinking for me. And it's both right in, in lots of ways. But when we see our kids as God's children and God's image bearers, whether they know it or not, then there's the excitement, isn't there, of you wanting them mm-hmm. to understand that, you wanting them to, to understand their relationship with God and with others rather than putting in rules. I was never a very good teacher when it came to rules. <laughs> um, I, I can't sustain them myself. I just, you know, I'm a bit soft that way. <laughs> um, because, you know, I wanted kids to have to realise their own actions and not be scared to act because mm-hmm. of a rule, I suppose. So it changes that. It changes leadership. You know, leadership's not about power and hierarchy. Leadership is about serving your community. Um, and I don't just mean you know, that as a cliche, you know, servant leadership. I mean that you are doing your bit as a leader to enable other people to do their job really well and whatever their job is, whatever role they have in the school. As a leader, it's your job to make sure they've got the resources, they've got the time, they've got the energy, they've got the cheering on to uh, to do that. So that's what leadership's about. So that's changed, yeah. I want to go back to something you just said there about not being a rule follower. Could, do you have a story there where you've interacted with a with a student? Um, I spent a lot of time teaching middle school, and I feel like I just resonated with that point, that every time there's a rule, there's going to be an exception, so why are we putting rules in place for this? Do you have something that comes to mind? I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Trying to think of an example there. Um, yeah, I, I do remember one one student that the more you put in rules, the more he would really push against that role, I think. Um, so to find other cues to have a conversation with him and ask him how his footy team went on the weekend, um, have mm-hmm. that more respect and relationship with him that I under that I actually appreciated him rather than threatening punishments all the time. You know, you gradually win them over. Now, sometimes mm-hmm. that doesn't work. We all know that. Sometimes you just have to do, you know, come down heavier in a kid because of maybe safety or they're just pushing it too too much for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, re- I remember with this student just having to chip away at their relationship and some days you still went home feeling like, you know, you, you had to pull out your big boots every now and then and, and be hard on him. But mm-hmm. gradually, you know, I was able to win him around just by relationship. Um, and I remember him asking me about my, you know, just, just, just my own interests and my own things I, I like doing as well because we were able to have that relationship that res- showed respect for each other, I suppose, not just respect of a rule or fear of punishment. Yeah. Fiona, when you say footy, you mean soccer uh, is, I think. What no, you, no, no, no. No, no. <laughs> or is it rugby? No, we are. We no, are, no, 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 no. <laughs> Keep trying. We have our own unique uh, brand of football here, especially in our state in in Victoria and South Australia, although it's a national game, um, 
Australian rules football. You gotta, you gotta get onto it. You gotta watch it. Uh, <laughs> it's very different. I, I have heard of that, uh, but that's good for me to know. Being a sports guy, I've always assumed footy was soccer. So thank you. Yeah. Um, you Fiona, uh, how are you maybe partnering with God in, in your role? I, I know you you just started a new role, so maybe you could speak to us a little bit about how um, how you're partnering with God in that. Mm. Well, I think about the impact I had when that school was small and learning about Christian education was so strong. Um, and I think we've lost some of our history of our heritage. And, you know, just across our whole movement, we have a lot of non-church students now in our in our schools. So remembering what it means, if we really believe all of life is God's and that we're studying God's world, that that, that makes a, a difference. So I want to be that um, marigold is a saying that I've heard, and I, it's not my own. I stole it from someone else. There's a podcast called The Cult of Pedagogy, and I remember seeing mm-hmm. her write about this, or someone, it might not have been her, but someone wrote about being a marigold. And I've really um, enjoyed that idea, that concept, that a marigold is really well known as a companion planter. Um, if you're into your gardening, which you may be or maybe not, Mm-hmm. Most of us, I've got a veggie patch now because of uh, COVID. <laughs> um, you know, marigold helped to have other plants flourish. And I suppose what my role now is about helping people um, be a marigold or me being marigold to them or finding their marigold, finding someone that will help them flourish and grow. You know, we have a narrative mm-hmm. often in Australia that, you know, teachers are hard done by and it's really tough and it's hard and they're getting asked to do more and more admin and more and more pressure. And, you know, that might be true, but let's also turn that around to say, wow, what a blessing to flourish and to, um, yeah, to be a marigold and find a marigold. Hmm. Yeah. If I, if I can extend that analogy a little bit. Fiona, I think CEN and even wider than that, CSA, I think Australian Christian educators have done such a phenomenal job embodying globally the idea of marigold mm-hmm. that you're describing. You know, you've come, you've you've invited us to come to visit uh, Australia. Many of us, you've invite, you've come yourself, not only to us but to other Christian systems in in the world. And and I'm wondering, this is a little bit putting you on the spot as well, but. What do you think is like, what do you see as a great gift or blessing of the relationship of Canadian Christian education and Australian Christian education? How can we be marigolds to each other? Does anything come to mind? Mm. Oh, well, actually, you guys were a real gift in this last um, you know, couple of years because of COVID. You guys were a little bit ahead of us at the beginning. And I remember when we were told mm. to flip to doing you know, school at home, online learning, you know, I, I gave a shout-out to Darren and, and we chatted about you guys, how you'd approached it, you know, just a couple of months before us for sure. So, you know, that was a wonderful, mm. um, wonderful thing. We all, we all struggle and we're, we're thinking about this idea of transformational formation of students. We have similar heritage of now perhaps having more, more families who don't understand maybe that covenant idea and maybe don't understand Hyperion thinking the same way so you know we've got new challenges in that and that can be an exciting thing Mm -hmm. it doesn't there's tension there for sure but it's exciting to think of different ways to communicate that to our families that perhaps don't understand Mm -hmm. that so you know I think I'm really loving this idea of us connecting a little bit more and um, I think 
that's one thing out of the pandemic, isn't it? That we it's much more acceptable to jump on Zoom and have a meeting with someone. Mm-hmm. You know, that used to be quite a unique thing to do. It's wonderful now that it's um, quite a natural thing to do. <laughs> so there's one benefit out of COVID, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Fiona, is there anything that we haven't brought up in the conversation that you just really is, is burning on your heart that you want to make sure you address or talk about? Um, I think we have a great responsibility of educators to shape this current generation and the next generation about, about the life, the story that we have, this idea of the flourishing good life. And sometimes when we think about that flourishing good life, are we only thinking about the, the school students that do really well academically or or wear their uniform well or are we thinking about an inclusive life where everyone um yeah gets gets to be heard but also struggling is part of that flourishing life isn't it um you know I think I think Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be just all shiny and glittery all the time and as educators we've got a responsibility to think about that and invite perhaps voices into our schools um, or to connect with communities that need it. And, you know, I do have a passion with Aboriginal Australia here um, and the hurt that we've had there in the past mm. for sure. So, you know, as educators, we, we really hold um, hold a lot of those we're gatekeepers to, to what comes into our school and what our kids think about and speak about. So, you know, leaders really or they educate themselves if they're not sure of that space of our history um, yeah, so you know that that's another passion for perhaps another time. Absolutely. Well, as you said, I think um, I think there's even more richness to be mined in our relationship, our marigold relationship between Canadian uh, Christian education and and Aussie Christian education. And Fiona, we think you guys are amazing, and so this opportunity <laughs> just to get out of our own Canadian context and talk with you and have you represent a little, just a little bit about CEN and Christian schooling in Australia with your own journey has been amazing. So we're going to trans- transition now to celebrate you in something we call our celebration of learners. To be inducted into the esteemed Every Square Centimeter Celebration of Learners Gallery, you need to host our podcast, share a bit of your journey, and have at least one other person write some nice things about you. And we are pumped that our good friend and CEN Executive Director, Michelle Dempsey, has written to us to celebrate you, Fiona. So, here it is, from Mm -hmm. Michelle. It's such a privilege to affirm Fiona. Here are some points to celebrate. Fiona is an incredibly valued member of our team. Fiona radiates warmth and personality. Her ability to network and draw people into fellowship and a stimulating conversation is a wonderful blessing. She's able to juggle many ideas and tasks at once and is always ahead of the next idea. Fiona loves to have a good giggle, particularly over a nice meal or a glass of wine or a drambuie. When we refer to Fiona, we often do so in the way that the fairy godmother in Shrek calls to (laughs) Princess Fiona. You have to try it. A high-pitched voice. Fiona! (laughs) It makes her giggle every time. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think I did it right. She didn't giggle as much as I expected her oh, to. Oh, I heard a giggle. <laughs> 
Fiona is a much-loved member of our team and is loved and respected by our CEN schools over the country. She has shared much and given much to our schools through her insights and her nuggets of wisdom. No, Canada, you can't have her. She's ours. Oh, thank you so much for um, yeah for asking, Michelle. I I call her my boss, but you know, like you with Gail, she's um, she's a good colleague and friend, and I've been blessed with quite a few amazing leaders in our CN network who. Like Michelle, um, they're not there for the power and the executive dressing. They're there for serving community and having mm-hmm. a bit of fun along the way. So right back at you, Michelle. Thank you so much. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Yes, and I often do get uh, Fiona. <laughs> That's how it's said. <laughs> that, that was way better than mine. I like yours way better. <laughs> I got to watch more Shrek. I need a Shrek marathon, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good fun. Thank Fiona, you. Yeah, it's awesome. Fiona, if anyone wants to connect with you, how can they do that? Uh, it's, it's probably best via email. So fiona.partridge at C-E-N, which yes is for Christian Education National, and then .edu.au. So that's our education and Australia um, finish on the end of our email. So fiona.partridge at C-E-N. .edu.au. I'd love to have a yarn. Awesome. Thanks for that invite. Listeners, we'd love your involvement as well. So email us at everysquarecentimeter at gmail.com. Send us your feedback. Tell us about an educator near or far that we should celebrate. Or tell us about your own Aussie adventures. Mm. Before we go today, I want to thank you, Fiona, for hosting our wisdom today. So any of you, what group of animals forms a wisdom jeremy yeah i'm gonna jump in ahead of darren because he he jumped in on the game totally exactly and he was leaning forward so i'm gonna go with a uh alliteration uh a wisdom of wombats yeah and i yeah love it he's shaking his head a wisdom of wombats okay wisdom of wombats uh fiona what do you think yeah well i was gonna go with the wombats too actually um so if i (laughs) If I go with alliteration, I could say a, a group of w- wallabies instead, but Ooh. they're probably not that smart. Okay. <laughs> wallabies. Oh, okay. okay, nice. Darren? As, as Darren's thinking about it, I should say, I've never got this wrong before, so it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> it's also my first time. Um, because I won't say who stole mine of those two previous because I was definitely going alliteration. I'm going with koalas because that's the only other animal I can think of that could be a wisdom. That's fair. Well, but uh, it better not. It better not be emus. Just saying. <laughs> what's what's the emu phrase again, Fiona? The idiom. A knob. Uh, emu. Emu bob. Emu bob. Right. They're a bob. A bob of emus. Right. Okay, well, uh, you guys know I love the alliteration, and Jeremy, your undefeated streak stays alive. Yes. It's Wombats. So, uh, as we all know, guys, as we all know, Aussie animals are so interesting. One distinctive adaptation of Wombats is their backward pouch. The advantage of a backward-facing pouch is that when they're digging, so they tunnel a lot, and they're nocturnal. The wombat doesn't gather soil in its pouch over its young. Jeremy, you'll like this. They also leave distinctive 
cubic feces. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Did you say they cubic? Poop, they poop. Yeah, they poop in squares. <laughs> That's actually true. I've seen that. I've seen that. <laughs> oh. As wombats arrange these feces to mark territories and attract mates, it's believed that the cubic shape makes them more stackable and less likely to roll, (laughs) which gives this shape a biological advantage. So my question, my question for all of you guys, what's something surprising that you like to keep organized? (laughs) Oh, I love being on this end of things. (laughs) Jeremy, you get to start again. What's something that can you just review? What is something that so I got stu- something surprising? I'm just stuck that on you like to keep organized. I'm just stuck on these square these this this feces. This is, sorry, I I am fascinated by okay, Australian animals. Put it put it another put it another way. What's your stackable? Jeremy? What's my stackable? Oh, I don't know. I, you know, I, the first thing that came to mind was my sons are starting to get into hockey cards and we, we stack them and we organize them and we check them off on our checklist, all these new hockey cards and they try to collect them all and put them in binders. Uh, something I used to do a lot, many, many years ago, I got these old binders of hockey cards. So I'm going to say hockey cards. That's good. That's good. Fiona, how about you? Um, my Vegemite sandwiches. Stack. <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs> Okay, most of us probably know by its infamy, but what's a veggie? What's a Vegemite sandwich? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. For some reason, Vegemite is made out of uh, I don't know leftovers of other products. So <laughs> it looks like it looks like oil, um, car oil from your from your engine, um, and it's this salty <laughs> stuff that we're brought on up on, and we end up loving it. <laughs> it's not quite like Dutch licorice, but um, yeah, a Vegemite sandwich. Pretty famous uh, in your lunchbox. Yeah. Yep. Nice. nice stackable. Darren? I'm thinking um, I want to stack my books according to color rather than theme. Oh. That's and see what that a, looks like on the shelf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Magazines will thank you for it. Nice. Okay. that's uh, Those are some good stackables, guys. Uh, to end our time together today, Jeremy has the blessing for us. Yeah, thank you. Um this is a uh, big shoes to fill. Uh, Darren's so good at this. So uh, I found mm-hmm. um, a kind of paraphrase or variation of Oscar Romero, a prayer of Oscar Romero, a future not our own. Uh, and so I, I'll, I'll read that out as our, our blessing. Gracious God, stay with us with your enabling spirit, guiding us as we lead our students towards your kingdom. We accomplish in our lifetime only a fraction of the magnificent work of your creation. We lay foundations that will need further development. We plant seeds that one day will grow. We water seeds already planted, knowing that they hold future promise. We provide yeast that produces effects far beyond our capabilities. This is what we are about. We cannot do everything, and we feel liberated by this realization. Our work may be incomplete, but it is a beginning, a step along the way, an opportunity for your grace to enter and do the rest. Keep us faithful to your mandate to love and serve others as your son Jesus has taught us. Amen. 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 Nina Mani. Mani Naputni, educators. Music. 
want to thank Christian Schools Canada for sponsoring the podcast. Please know that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CSC, the schools of our guest, or any of our three regional organizations. Thanks for listening.